from Yarm to Yibbe, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red Platoon and the Cat. Oh, good morning, boys. Morning, 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 morning. It's off to work we go. Hi ho! It's the last. It's the last one of the week. It's the last one. It's the last one before Christmas. We're not. We're not back till Christy Day. Yeah. Can you believe it? We might even get. We might get cancelled over the weekend. Who knows? This could be it. Who knows? Yeah. I doubt that, mid. Ah, there he is. There he is. I was waiting for the. The Premier League voice to uh, to, to come to the bubble to the voice surface. of reason, Indeed. the voice of reason. Indeed. Lads, so I've, I've self-diagnosed. I think I've got laryngitis. I've, I've di- self-diagnosed laryngitis. Google. Did, I, I, did you open Chrome? I've go- I've go- I've I've, do- I've I've opened Chrome. I've yep. I've Google doctored. I've, I mean, it's been a long day here. Obviously, getting Christmas shopping done. Early start this morning with work and everything. It's. Oh. Uh, <laughs> can you hear? It's going. My, my throat hurts. Oh, it's. It's and, not good. And Carrick, not good. And Carrick mentioned the goat in his press conference. I know. Said he might be getting might be getting near. He might be I he know. might be somewhere about. So can you imagine? Yeah, just so the Socceroos can take him. Losing your voice just as the goat comes back. I know. Oh, Can't no. believe it. Yeah. Well, Can't believe it. Just as just as my my absolute love of my life comes back into my life, and then he leaves me for Socceroos again. But uh-huh. yep, it is uh, it is a big big weekend. We got lots of football. Northeast Brecky Show, last one. We oh. kicked it, Ted off as well. So uh, it's just the, the OG, Steve and I, taking the reins once again. And uh, lads, the OG. another thing that's come out of the, uh, the OG. Uh, back out of the woodwork. Have I missed the something? OG. The OG, what's the OG? The originals. The originals. Uh, that's what it, so Steve the, and I, before the, we, before the Mackham even came yeah, along. Before he descended yep. from a pond, yes. You know what I mean? It yep, was Steve yep. and I. We used to carry this, you know what I mean? Yep. We, used to, we used to break ratings and then Ted came in and we just, you know, haven't seen people since. Well, Slumped. He's, 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 he's chained to a radiator again in Cyprus. Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah, he's been captured yeah, once more. That's it. Lads, speaking of coming out of the woodworks, oh, European yeah. Super League. It's back. Headlines. Yes. Hey, Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Yeah. The court Junior has ruled Cole that Rulin. it's... Yeah, it's unlawful to stop clubs from joining it, so now it's back. Yeah, you can but join everyone it, else but... has said no. <laughs> I know, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> everyone said no. Everybody got excited about the announcement yesterday, which, of course, on this very show, we were tipped off the day before of what the decision was yeah, going to we be. Yeah, we were. We're very important people. Um, Agreed. But it doesn't mean... It doesn't mean there's going to be one. It just means... They can't be banned. If they want to do it, they can mm. do it. But there's absolutely nothing that's going to stop FIFA, UEFA, and the likes no. just saying, okay, no. compete in it, guys, but you're not playing with us. There's yeah. only one club, I think, that I've seen that said maybe yes, and that's Real Madrid. I don't know, Steve, have you seen any others? <laughs> no, no. To be nah. honest, it's uh, not going to happen. It? There's, there's, a huge, um, there's a huge penalty for any club, I guess, as well, who decides to join it, isn't it? Yeah, there I is think, actually. Um, yeah, you're not pre- wrong. Did you say it was something like the Premier League were going to dock thirty points or something like that for a team that joined? It's something like that. that, and there's also monetary fines as well. They're throwing at them as well. So, yeah, look, yeah. I, obviously the Premier League's not going to be happy, but all four Premier League teams: Man United, Man City, Tottenham, and Arsenal. Is it? I'm, I apologise if I've butchered that fourth one, but they've all said no. So all four Premier League teams have said no, but. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see, definitely. But um, 
Yeah, we'll talk about that more today. We've got uh, we've got football to talk about this weekend, though, lads. We were, uh, I'm very excited. We've got Borough at home to West Brom, Sunderland home to Coventry, and Newcastle away to Luton. Luton obviously coming back after having their game abandoned last week as well, so we'll talk about that. We've got press conferences uh, to listen to from Michael Carrick and Michael Beal, obviously the real Beal. Uh, we ha- won't hear from Eddie Howe until today, so we won't have Eddie Howe, but we'll get Steve's thoughts on that. We've got a final down with the trumpets as well, lads. I'm putting it to bed. A final down with the trumpets. Right, I need to get back. I need to get over what the fact. What the fact has swept this breakfast show for too long. So I need to come back in the new year with a better game show. So I'm playing you guys with one of the final down with the trumpets before I come up with the best jingle. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, I was oh, just I was open Chrome. Just uh, yeah, open Chrome. I was slightly Messing distracted. With his Do apologise. <laughs> carry on, carry on, my friend. <laughs> so we got a final what uh, down with the trumpets. Uh, we got to talk about the Socceroos team being announced. It only affects us Middlesbrough fans there, but Socceroos team has been announced for the Asian Cup. Obviously, Afcon and Asian Cup uh, playing in the next month or so. The big news there for, for uh, Middlesbrough fans is that Riley McGree and Sammy Silver have been selected, but Tom Glover stays. And we've got to talk about Girona FC as well. Girona are uh, currently second in Spain, uh, actually tearing up the Spanish league. A uh, young Christian Stuani still playing there. But lads, if they do end up winning or staying second in the league and qualify for Champions League, it doesn't look like they can compete no. because they're both owned. The owners own Girona and Man City. So only yeah. one team own only one team per ownership can be in Champions League. So that could be interesting there. And obviously we just hit it off in the on the start of the show as well. The European Super League is back. Uh, court law has uh, ruled that it's unlawful to stop any teams from joining, but it doesn't mean that people are going to join. So yeah. let's talk about it all today on the Northeast Breakfast Show as we roll in your rest of your week. Uh, into Christmas, lads, as well. Merry I, Christmas to and everyone. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be really nice here because in my hand I have a Christmas gift for Daz. Oh. oh. So Radio Dad's oh. got a gift. The last biscuit. In his hand. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's about that size. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's about okay. that size. So, um, so yeah, there's, so there's a gift here waiting for open chrome when he walks through <laughs> the door. There we go. <laughs> right, so I've, got a, I've, got, I've, I've been shocked today, all right? I was reading the paper this morning with my morning coffee. What can I get? I've got, I got a just a quick quiz. All right, mm-hmm. the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. Die hard. Right, right, right. I'm going to give you three options here. Right, okay. and I think it's just going to, it's just going to blow. I'll give you four options. There's four options that were in the paper. I'll read the article to you straight away. Right, this which is out of these four movies, the highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. Is it A, Die Hard, B, <laughs> The Grinch? C, Love Actually, or D, Home Alone. Now, well, I got blown away with this I would say die. I would say Die Hard, but that was, so I'll, I'll lock that in as Stevie's my Stevie's locking in Die Hard. Well, I can't go the same Dave? as Stephen. This is what cost me your gift of the highest star. Gross, I know. Highest um, grossing Christmas movie of all time. I would have gone Die I mean, Hard, you got but love- Steve's nicked that one, so I'm going to go for, uh, what was that last one again? Home Alone. So you got Home Alone, Love Actually, The Grinch, or Die Hard. You know it's going to. You it's know gonna it's going to be Love Actually. Yeah, it? it's going to be the way you framed the uh, the question. But there you go. Oh, have I? Have I? Because it's actually The Grinch. Ah! Can you believe that? It's The Grinch. Jim Carrey's The Grinch. It well, has blown Love film. Actually, Home Alone, Die Hard, all out of the water. Can you believe that? Not in a million years would have I said The Grinch is the highest Christmas movie of all. Grossing movie. I haven't watched I, I mean, it. I have seen it. I've seen it a few times. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen film. The Grinch is it any with good? Jim Carrey. 
Yeah, of course it's it fantastic. is. Fantastic. It's classic. That is my it's Christmas highest, day it's watching. Christmas movie. Yeah, highest grossing Christmas movie of all time. It beat Love Actually. I love Love Actually. I think that's a good one. How about Miracle it's of Thirty Fourth Street? Does that come nowhere? Nah, nowhere near it. That's nowhere a great near. movie. Great Christmas movie. Just fills you full of the joys of spring. Did yeah, you guys have Hugh Grant as your Prime Minister? No. No? No? No. I think he'd do a good job. He look, he look, why, he why, do you think he would do, why do you think he would do I'm a good job? I'm biting my tongue. I'm biting my tongue. I did have some sarcastic <laughs> comment to make there, but I'm not going to do it because it's Christmas. I try and keep what? up to date with all the politics that happens in the UK, but it seems to be a bit messy. Obviously not very so well. Oh, don't, mate. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. But all, hopeless, right. the, the, all of them, all of them, the government and the opposition, they're, they're, they're all a bunch of hopeless bungling amateurs. Yeah, so don't, right. don't keep it on seems, top of it, mate. It seems a bit messy. It seems That's a bit why messy. we do right. a football show. Aye, yeah, indeed. not wrong. We yeah, should do it. Wrong. I think we should put the North East Footy Breakfast in Parliament. That's what we should do. Yeah. We said yeah, we did. We did decide that, wasn't it? Vote Steve for security. none of the above. All right, be a bad idea. entertainment. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, what, let's start off your Friday morning with some uh, club headlines. Get the latest news from the three Northeast teams uh, for this Friday morning. Magpies and proud Mags News. Well, Newcastle United travel to Luton Town on Saturday, and this is the Magpies' return to Premier League action. It's the first visit to Kenilworth Road since February 1994. It's an old-fashioned, non-televised 3 o'clock kickoff, and all 1,100 away section tickets have been sold. The attendance uh, on Saturday will be 10,265. This will be the first ever Premier League meeting with the Hatters, uh, this makes Luton the 50th different side that Newcastle have faced in the competition and Kenilworth Road will be the 60th ground that Newcastle have travelled to in the Premier League. Uh, team news, well obviously we'll find out a little bit later from uh, Eddie Howe, but uh, the availability of Emil Kraft, Alexander Isaac, Fabian Scher, Joe Linton and Anthony Gordon is awaited, uh, but Nick Pope, Elliot Anderson, Harvey Barnes, Matt Target, Joe Willock, Javier Manquillo and Jacob Murphy all remain injured whilst Sandro Tonali continues his ban. Sven Botman, though, is expected to play after completing 45 minutes against Chelsea in the Carabao Club quarter final. And just a reminder that Jamal Lascelles and Sean Longstaff are one uh, yellow card away from a one-match Premier League ban. In order to avoid that fate, they're going to have to avoid being booked against Luton or Nottingham Forest over the Christmas fixtures. Good news for Luton Town fans is that Tom Lockyer has now left hospital after suffering a heart attack during Saturday's Premier League away game at Bournemouth. Of course, we know the game was abandoned and that will be rescheduled for a future date. There are two Newcastle uh, former players in the Luton Town ranks, Tim Krull, the goalkeeper, and winger Andros Townsend. At home this season, Rob Edwards has seen his side beat Crystal Palace and draw with Wolves in Liverpool. West Ham, Burnley, Spurs, Arsenal and Manchester City though all left with three points. Spurs are the only side to keep a clean sheet. The referee is Darren England and VAR is Peter Banks. Big game tomorrow, looking forward to it. That's in your Castle headlines on Friday morning. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning Borough fans. Happy Friday. Merry Christmas as we come around to a little bit of football over your Christmas period as well. Michael Carrick is giving Middlesbrough players who have been nursing niggles or battling injuries as long as possible before deciding for his team on Saturday against West Brom. It's, while it's not clear at this stage whether any of those who picked up knocks in the midweek cup win over Port Vale will feature, 
the head coach did offer an encouraging update on the GOATs, Riley McGree and young Joshy Coburn, who could potentially return to the squad. Coburn and McGree won't be ready to start against West Brom, Michael Curry confirmed, and the game might well come too soon for them to be involved at all, but it is a possibility, said Carrick, which is a promising development. Riley, the GOAT McGree, hasn't played for the Borough since the win over Cardiff in early October because of a plantar fasciitis problem, while Coburn has only played 22 minutes since the Leicester win and has been absent from the squad from the last two games due to a groin issue. While there was good news there for Seni Dieng as well, who will only be out for a couple of days rather than anything longer after injuring his thigh at Swansea. Tom Glover will deputise in Saturday's game if it does come too soon for Seni Dieng. And there was also encouraging news on Hayden Hackney, who is not yet in contention for a return, but is expected to be back within the fortnight, raising hopes he'll be ready for the Carabao Cup semi-first final uh, leg against Chelsea. And the Socceroos uh, have announced this, their squad and the sad news for Borough fans. Uh, both Riley McGree and Semi Savira have been selected to take part in next month's Asian Cup. The tournament starts on January 12th, which will be three days after the Carabao Cup semi-first leg. Uh, but there was, wasn't all bad news. Tom Glover wasn't called up, so Borough's goalkeeping socks have a little bit of release. That is your Borough headlines. Borough on to West Brom this weekend. A little bit of injuries, uh, getting a little bit of closer to return. We will be right. We will push on. We will do magical things, Middlesbrough. Merry Christmas. Them's your headlines. Mackham's and Proud. Black Cats News. Sunderland fans and welcome to this your festive Friday Sunderland are hosting Coventry at the Stadium of Light tomorrow with the game getting underway at 3pm the Black Cats are looking for a victory against the Sky Blues for the first time since 2007 when Dwight York and Carlos Edwards got the goals in a 2-0 win the sides played out a draw on Wea side on the first weekend of last season the reverse fixture at Coventry earlier this season finished 0-0 Mark Robbins' side head for Wearside having lost only one of the last seven games. However, they've only won one in their last four, but picked up a good point out at Leeds United last time. Former Sunderland loanee Ellis Sims signed for Coventry in the summer and is expected to lead the line on Saturday. His only two goals so far this season came in a win at QPR back in September. Michael Beale will take charge of his first game as Sunderland head coach tomorrow, but the new boss admits he already cast half an eye on a certain other game that's looming in early January. He said, You could be Sunderland manager and never get to play a derby. How fortunate am I to have this opportunity? And how fortunate is this young group of players to be able to play in a derby? How fortunate are fans of both clubs that this game is in the eye line as well? The FA Cup is a competition that we all grew up loving. Maybe it's lost a bit in the last few years, but it certainly won't have lost anything on the 6th of January. When that game comes around, we've got a lot of football before that, but it's fair to say that it's already been mentioned a couple of times. I'm sure it has. And finally, Christian Speakman has dropped his biggest hint yet about Sunderland's plans regarding Jack Clark in the tran January transfer window. The winger attracted interest from Burnley in the summer after claiming 21 goal contributions in the Championship last season, with Sunderland turning down multiple bids to ensure he would remain on Wearside. Sporting director Speakman had this to say. The football club has turned down numerous bids on numerous players over the last couple of years, and we have sold one player, Ross Stewart, the striker who joined Southampton in a 10 million deal on deadline day in September. When players do really, really well and they attract the attention of the Premier League outfits, then naturally that is going to be a difficult moment. But our ownership has been rock solid around that and I don't think we'll be looking to trade any players when we have the opportunity to get promoted. 
and there are your Friday headlines. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North the roads, the cat and the town. I think as well as being chained to the radiator, they, uh, they had a duvet over his head. While he, was reading, he, <laughs> he sounded a bit fluey, didn't he? he and did, I like the he? pronunciation of January, Jangery. Was it Jangery I heard? I heard Jangery. I'm sticking with Jangery. Oh, he'll hammer you for that, son. Let he'll hammer go. you for that. Please, let our Teddy go. Let him go. He's a good lad. We hope to hear from Tedino from Brazil today as well. I hope oh, he yeah, calls Tedino, in. as yeah. a great yeah. listener of the show. Mm. <laughs> and what, was he the guy? Yeah, Tedovsky from, uh, from, Tedovsky from, from Russia. Yeah, Motherland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was to... Listeners yeah. that called in yesterday. Hope mm-hmm. to hear from them mm-hmm. again today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's talk football. Let's talk football. We've got uh, about 12 minutes to your sport headlines. So let's break it down with football. Let's start off with uh, Sunderland v Coventry. Now, this is a game, obviously, Ted DeMackham is um, not here for, but we need to talk about it because Michael Beale's uh, first game in charge, taking Sunderland uh, on uh, at home Sorry to Coventry. Now, Michael Beale has said that he's got a lot to do to work, uh, win the fans over. Uh, but he thinks he's going to let his football tactics and team selection do the talking. He did say in his pre-match conference that he wouldn't, you wouldn't see drastic changes from that of what Mogga and Dodds have been doing, but he said he would be happy to make little tweaks here and there to make sure that Sunderland become the firing outfit uh, that they are so determined to be. Now, last game uh, of Dodds in charge, we saw uh, Sunderland having three strikers on the bench all three strikers they own on the bench and they played a bar up front. So they're still having issues trying to find that, that regular goal scorer. We did see uh, young Bellingham go up front for a little bit there as well. So it'll be interesting to see what Bill does. But a tough test against Coventry. Now I'm hoping, and this is the only time you're going to hear me say it, is that the Mackhams absolutely stuff Coventry because I've had enough of them, Dave. Um, they're annoying me. The fans are annoying me. The, the the club's annoying me. They're trolling Middlesbrough on, on on Twitter or X as you call it. So I'm 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 hoping that Sunderland go here and and host obviously Coventry at home with an with a nine wheel nine nil win uh, to Mark Beale's uh, around, you know, arrival because Coventry, you, you you've done. Yeah, you know, I'm off you. I'm off you completely. So uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a big win here by for Sunderland. But it's going to be interesting, Stevie, to see Michael Beale first game in charge and to see what he does if anything to the squad. Yeah, I mean, look, he he spoke well at the press conference. We know Ted was, you know, impressed with him. Bearing in mind, he wasn't impressed with the original uh, appointment of Beale, but um, he he talked a good game. And and I think we, you know, we've spoken about the, you know, the maybe the prepping before he went live with his press conference about Tony Mowbray because. Yeah, obviously the the natives are restless in in Wearside and not happy about you know Mowbray in the way that he departed and certainly not happy about the appointment of Beale. So it was cleverly it was cleverly presented. Um, you know the the PR department, the media department did their job. I think at Sunderland and certainly appeased a percentage of the supporters. But the only thing that will appease the masses is you know is a result. Um, and in the need to get results quickly, and you know from from you know Sunderland's perspective, they they're, they're sitting you know at the right end of the table at the moment with Moga gone, but they need to they need to really now you know you know push on. Um, they need really to to be in that position come the turn of the year where they are in a, are in a viable position for you know for the um, you know to mount a challenge in the playoffs. The the sit seventh place this morning going into this weekend's games. 33 points 
and uh, you know only three points behind the the, the sixth place uh, position. But as we know in the championship, those things can can change quite quickly. And they're playing yeah. Coventry. They're playing Coventry, who are only what six points behind them, fifteenth place. Yeah. That's how tight the that that's how tight the championship is. So. It's it's all to play for really uh, for Sunderland as it is for Middlesbrough this season. So, so for me, um, yeah, this this is an important run of games now for Sunderland and Beale in particular. If he hits the ground running, if he gets a result against Coventry at the weekend in front of a home crowd, then you know he is he's going to buy himself some time. That's the important thing. He's been trying um, to do that already with what he's been saying to the fans. Exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what, that's agree. the point I was trying to make. And, and and you know, if he can get a couple of good wins over the festive period, which sets himself up for the derby, then you know the dangerous opposition for Newcastle anyway. But then he gives himself that he gives himself that opportunity to give himself some cult status, to give himself some yeah. kind of decanio status. You know, sliding along his knees on the yeah, touchline because yeah. he's knocked Newcastle out <laughs> the cup. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing Beale will have. You know, probably be dreaming of for the next two weeks, and 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 he'll give himself some cold status with that. But it's it's such a it's such a fickle game football that two wins and and you know the boo boys will be out, two defeats. Yeah. Uh, I mean, two defeats and the boo boys will be out. Two wins and he's got cold status. So it's it's a huge opportunity for him. He's got a grasp it with both hands. We've you know we we've we've revised you know and, and gone through his CV on this show and it's it's not outstanding. Um, and you can see why the Sunderland fans are upset. But but yeah, it's this is this this is a game he's got to win really. And uh, it sounds weird saying that when someone comes in and it's a new manager. No. But he's got to win this. He's got to get off to a good start, Beal, because he's already behind. You think he'd lost ten games the way some of the Sunderland fans are going on? <laughs> um, so he, he's really got to get off to a good start. Lads, it, that's my view anyway. Yeah, and yeah, they, you know, he's, he's done the mugger thing, hasn't he, in the in the press conference? And then he did a separate interview for the club, uh, and he did yeah. the fans' things. I thought it was worth having a listen to that this yeah. morning. You were saying about yeah. you know how obviously he's he's aware of the situation. He's he's aware of the. Oh, the discomfort of the fans around his appointment. Um, so he's yeah. done the mogger thing, and this is what he had to say about the fans. I think the key thing is they want a team that wins on the pitch, that's exciting to watch. And I think that we're going to have to fight off of their energy on the pitch, but it comes from us first. So it's important that me and the staff and the players provide the energy and the excitement to them. And I know that they'll back us home and away. You know, we've got the most ferocious sport support in the championship both at the stadium alight and in every away ground and that's going to be so important to us moving forward it's a young squad there's an element of the championship being unpredictable and certainly us having to have some patience with the team at times but together we're strong so it's important the fans and the players together are united moving forward it's a bit of a rally cry isn't it it's a bit of a come on you you support us and help us and uh, you know i understand how vital you guys are to this football club yeah Mm. i mean the comment he made in that and it was just cut off but the next thing he said there was i think i'm the right person moving forward but i've still got to earn the right to say that he thinks he's the right person Mm. moving forward i mean not not i am the right person moving forward It, it just i don't know it just still urges me on the side of caution but for me, Dave, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this, especially you know because we obviously uh, keep on you know abreast on it being in the championship. It feels like this is Sunderland's last excuse. There's no more excuses now. I agree. They've, with they've that. had excuses that they weren't scoring. 
right? So they went and got strikers and, and missing goals. They had excuses that the squad wasn't, you know, firing. So they've now made, they've gotten, and they got rid of Mogger. They've now turned to Beal. So for me, it feels like, it, you know, even, which is funny enough, because, you know, they're only seventh in the league. Do you know what I mean? And we're still seeing Sunderland up the road make just excuses. But it feels like now there's no more excuses. It's time to, you know, find find the form and find and roll in now because I just feel like they've run, that, that's it now. There's nothing more they can yeah. do. To, they can't change anything more, you know, and there's no more excuses. Get on with it and, and show us what you got now. It can only go one of two ways. You know, he's got to pick up a couple of points. He's got to pick up some points now between now and the Newcastle game because that Newcastle game will be such a focus on Wearside. If the black and whites were to go to, uh, to the Stadium of Light and absolutely trounce Sunderland, if he's got no currency in the bank from these next couple of games, then there's only, it's a slippery slope to the end of the season. That, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Big, big, oh, noise out, big noise outside the studio. Oh, um, no. So... So he's got to pick up points. They they must yeah. pick up points. Uh, and this game, particularly at home against Coventry, is one where the fans will be expecting three points. You know, he could yeah, go. No, as Steve mentioned agree. he could go the other way. He could do the Decanio. You know, he could he could pick up a couple of wins, put a decent display in against Newcastle. I don't think there's any Sunderland fans out there who would expect to win that game. What they want is a decent display against a Premier League team that just happens to be their bitter rivals, but they do understand the gulf of difference in quality of players and squad as a whole. So I don't think there's any Sunderland fans out there who are expecting. They're hoping, absolutely. They're praying. They're kneeling on prayer mats now for every single day between now and the game that they can beat Newcastle. But I don't think they're expecting. Mm. So that's how he's going to make his mark. He's either He's got to pick up points mm. now and put up a decent display and not be humiliated humiliated against Newcastle um, or it is a slippery slope but I think when you're talking about excuses I think this is the last excuse of one man and that's Christian Speakman you know he is the man who makes the appointments he is the man who decided what was coming out of Tony Mowbray's mouth was not acceptable in his eyes in his view of how he wants the football club running so he pulled the trigger and despite all the noise, the negative anti-appointment noise of Beale, he went ahead and he's appointed him. So I think if this fails, Speakman's gone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm, I mean, yeah, I do. Uh, can, I put, well, can, I post, can I post a scenario to you, lads, right? Let's say we're a month we're a month from now, right? We've seen Michael Beale take charge. He's obviously got the FA Cup against Newcastle. He's got championship fixtures. Let's say it's another Wayne Rooney. When Rainy Rudy came in, uh, Birmingham were fifth. Birmingham now sit 18th in the league. Let's say we're a month down the track from now and Sunderland are sitting, well, what are they now, seventh? So what is, let's say that they slide down to 18th, just like another Birmingham, and they lose the FA Cup to Newcastle 4 or 5 nil. Is Beal still got the job in a month's time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he will. Yeah. He will. I, I can't see. I don't. I can't see Sunderland pulling the trigger for the rest of this season. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, so you think I, even I, if it's I a horrid Wayne Rooney, uh, a horrid Wayne Rooney type of start over the next month or so, he'll still the man till the end of the season. Now at he's least. still in the job. He's still in the job, Wayne Rooney. So yeah. you know, yeah, there, unless unless they lose three or four nil to Plymouth at the weekend, and then they pull the trigger, uh, I could be wrong because mm. I gave him till Christmas. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so, I, 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 I can't see, I can't see them making a decision like that, right? I think they would, um, okay. they'll, they'll stick by it. I mean, look, they've, they've rolled the dice. This, this, this is a financial decision. They don't have money to burn Sunderland, and they have decided yeah. to go for somebody left field um, to replace somebody who is 
all in all intents and purposes an experienced championship manager so yeah. really what they've done here is you know they've ruled the dice and it's a financial decision and it's not one that the Sunderland fans like but you know it could be one of those situations where you know he does well this season he could get Sunderland promoted mm-hmm. who knows he could. that's the, yeah. that's the yeah, beauty that's the beauty right. of decisions like this but put it this way if they get get into the Premier League with this squad and that manager um, th- there's only one place they'll be going to the following season but at the moment yeah. Yeah. you know it's a gamble it's a gamble you're right Steve they could do it and, and you know this is the intriguing part I mean I was listening to all the Sunderland fans in the build up to all of this like all of us were over the last week or 10 days and we felt the negativity even as Borough fans and Newcastle yeah, we fans we felt the Massively. negativity pouring out of Wearside yeah. And then I, I think it was just yesterday, I was sitting down yesterday morning and I was thinking, hang on a minute, this guy openly admits he's a coach, he's not a manager, and that's what let him down yeah. at Rangers. You know, he didn't do too bad a job at QPR, it was the loyalty factor of him looking for other jobs that the fans at QPR hold against him, not his performance as a head coach. So it does seem to me like... I won't say a match made in heaven or a perfect match, but it does seem quite an acceptable match between club and individual here. You know, mm. Speakman, Speakman f- runs the off-field things, yes. which, if Beale is true to his word, he doesn't enjoy being part of. Yeah. Beale's focus at Sunderland is to be on the training on the training ground with the players day in day out and improve them as a squad. That's what he says he enjoys now. Everybody could be towing the party line and saying the right things, but I do, I do actually get a feeling that's genuine. That is all genuine. Now, if that is the case, you've got a guy here who obviously had the embarrassment of Rangers and the disappointment of what happened there, going into, let's face it, Sunderland's a big club. He's going into a big club, one of the biggest, one of the biggest clubs outside of the Premier League, and he sees an opportunity. Now, if he can get it right... You know, we do mention doom and gloom and last chances and people going and, or, and, and, and the Wayne Rooney possible scenario. There is a possible scenario that he can do it. Yeah. It could yeah, be. No, definitely. It could turn definitely. out to be a good move for Sunderland. Yeah, it could yeah. be. Definitely. We could be sitting well, here in, going, my goodness. We're falling into that territory, though, aren't we? That, that little point you, I was going to pick you up on is the, is the coach thing. And, I mean, Eddie Howe would probably describe himself as a coach, not a manager. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think we've we've gone away from being a manager. A manager used to come in, used to have the, the control of the finances um, or the brown envelopes, and, and he used to be able to go and do what in he wanted. In the good old days. In the good old days, he used to go and pick. He used to go and pick his pick his players. He'd go and do the negotiations. He'd bring them in. Um, you know, then you know they'd, they'd train them and put them on the pitch for for the game. It's it's changed yeah. now. A lot of people are coaches. You know, they take to be a manager in the Premier League uh, or any league now. You have to have your coaching badges. So it's changed a bit. And so Beal's not Beal's not um, in the minority now. He's in. He's probably in the majority. So I think there's a lot of emphasis on the fact that he's just been a coach, but it doesn't really make a great deal of difference. I don't think. Um, you know, in in that little period where we were looking for a replacement, you know, for 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 Brucey, it was Graham Jones, a coach who came in, stepped in. Uh, Glenn Roder probably looked at himself as a coach back in the day. Colin Suggett probably a coach. I'm thinking through the names over the years at Newcastle, but you know, um, it, it's the way it is now. So so Beal Beal, I think is is probably in the majority, not the minority. But it's it's yeah, interesting. It's an weird, interesting one. 
everyone's got to have a chance everyone's got to have a chance everyone's got to have a chance we'll go on we've gone on on this show a lot of times about people being given a chance you know about new managers being given an opportunity well this is a new manager and we've you know we've seen the likes of Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard fail um, you know at, at different levels uh, but this, you know this could this could be a match made in heaven you know it could be it could be a successful appointment for Sunderland but only time will tell no, completely agree. Well, we're late for your sports headlines, so let's get to them. After the break, we'll come back. We'll talk about Borough. We'll talk about Newcastle. We'll talk about that European Super League that's come back into everyone's limelight and everyone's saying no to it. Uh, and lots more to come on the Northeast Brecky Show right after this. Ted, Rye, and Steve, the Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast, the red, the and the Is that true, Steve? Is AJ over if he if he loses? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I mean, I, I don't think AJ is the same AJ that um, you know I got to know quite well in his first couple of years of his career. Um, you know, I, I put him on in Newcastle. I did the undercard for his show, Pierre, when um, you know when he when he won the British title, and uh, mm. he, he was full of promise then back in the day. But um, I, I don't know. I, I you know just looking at the way that he conducts himself now on television I mean we had that that infamous spat in the ring that time where you know it, 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 it he didn't come across very well I watched his interview uh, this week in the build up to this big fight where you know he basically was given one word answers I mean you know people saying that he was in the zone I just thought it was I just thought it was ridiculous yeah. um, I, I just I, I fear for his mental health a little bit um, I, I just hope that he's being guided properly behind the scenes and that you know that, that that everything's okay in Anthony's life because you know success and 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 money doesn't make you happy and and what I what I detect with with Anthony Joshua is that he's not very happy um, and and we know that you know you know the, the guy would love to have seen him fight Tyson Fury has been through his own battles um, and it's not it's not just Tyson Fury that can suffer from these kind of things so mm. I just hope Anthony Joshua is okay I might be reading too much into some of these interviews and things that I've seen him do over the years uh, the last the last two years. But um, you know, like you, you got your own views on Saudi and football. I've got my views on Saudi and boxing. Um, I don't like the fact that the big fights are all going to Saudi. Um, I don't like that. I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I won't be watching the fights over the weekend. It's not my cup of tea. Um, I think it's becoming a bit of a farce. I'm, and I'm hearing some very well-respected names in boxing say that Saudi's now the Las Vegas of boxing. It's the modern-day Las Vegas. Well, it's not. Mm. It's not for me. It's not for me. And It's, it's a payday. Yeah, 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 it's a payday, yeah, but you're right. Yeah. You're, you're taking away one of our biggest sports you know, and, and biggest fights and you're putting them on in Saudi all the time. Well, that's yeah. no good for the English boxing fan. Um, you know, yeah. we, we want to see Anthony Joshua fighting at Wembley. We want to see him fighting at uh, Tottenham uh, Tottenham Stadium. You know, we want to see we want to see Tyson Fury fighting there. And I think there needs to be a sense of realism here, you know, that you know, that you know, Saudi Arabia is not the be all and end all of a sport. You know, like get get the big fights back on home soil. Anthony Joshua's gonna benefit in his payback with a with a check from this this fight at the weekend but you know he's not going to have the backing of his supporters and I just ah, think sometimes you need an arm round you and you need, you need that you know it's, it's, yeah, it's sad yeah. and it's disappointing because we've been through this wonderful period of heavyweight boxing 
But what always happens, and that's 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 the one that everybody likes to watch, the heavyweight, because you've got the big knockouts and you've had so many yeah. big names over the years. But you go in peaks and troughs with, with boxing mm. uh, in, in the heavyweight division. And I think we're heading towards a major low um, in, the, in, in, in the sport at the minute um, at, at that level. We, we need somebody new to hang our hat on. We need a Mike Tyson to appear from somewhere and go boom and arrive on the scene and start knocking everybody out because I think unfortunately these old faces are starting to get a bit worn you know Fury, is Fury Joshua, still the number music. one well he is he is until the start of the year I think if he hasn't taken this fight seriously against Usyk despite them being a, for me an overinflated cruiserweight I think that I think that Usyk could create the you know create a shock here mm. I, you know but but Fury's 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 Done well over the last two years, and he's he's got good people around him. I know the people around him. I've worked with the likes of Spencer Brown, who who manages him, um, and and me personally, I've got a lot of time for Tyson. You know, he's a really nice guy. As I say, I've worked with with Tyson Fury many times over the years, and um, as long as he's focused, as long as he's done the, the training, then he should come out on top against Usyk. But you know, you see you see some of the things that go on in the interviews, and and you know, obviously the stuff he does away from boxing. I just fear a little bit for him for that fight and the fact that he pulled out of the first date and it was rearranged for later in the year tells you that and I've seen what his dad John's been saying about mm. he fears for his son um, yeah we could be coming to the end of an era and the start of a new one Uzi could become the, the unified champion and um, you know he, he'd deserve it because to go from cruiserweight to heavyweight is no mean feat it takes a lot of doing and to become a cruiserweight and, and win the heavy, a heavyweight title is a, a massive achievement in itself so it's a credit to him but, um, but yeah well, I think we're entering a, a new era but Joshua no it's um, you know this will be his third fight this year and, and and it'll be his third fight against nobodies and I don't know what you can benefit from that you know he's, maybe he's getting his confidence up maybe he's getting his sharpness back uh, but now he has to fight somebody who has a reputation after this one and and you know that, that looks as if it's going to be Deontay Wilder um, and I'm not being funny if Deontay Wilder hits Joshua with a right hand like he hit Tyson Fury Joshua ain't getting back up mm. so it's um, mm. fascinating fascinating um, you know but yeah, I'll not be uh, I'll not be wasting any time watching that at the weekend. It was three AM for us, and we got Mark Demori taking on uh, Philip Hugovic as well, the Croatian, and the winner yes. from that fight is most likely going to get that bout probably with Usek or Fury in twenty twenty four. But you know, for an Aussie, we want to get up and you know back Mark Demori, but we can't get up at three AM to watch it. So you know, not many people are going to do that. Just going to wait for the result in the morning. Now Hugovic is obviously you know the the the, the big contender and big you know favorite there, but. Uh, I love Huge Mark Demore coming out. Oh, massive party day for him. He said he's going to break the spleen of Hagovic, though. So oh, nice. it was good, big, strong break words from Mark Demore. So he's going to he's going to break Hagovic's uh, spleen, is what he said. So clearly, so he's a surgeon during the day. Um, <laughs> he knows exactly where the spleen is and where to throw the. He's going to get a scalpel out and he's going to perform an autopsy right there and then. So, like a game of operation. Yeah, good luck to Mark Demore, the Aussie. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get up at three AM for the Borough, but not for nah, uh, not for the Aussie boxer. Nah, yeah, yeah. Not you can catch boxer, it. You, no, you can catch no. You can catch it. You know, you can catch it at another time. You know, I mean, nowadays, yeah. you know, you'll find it in some way, shape, or form, and it'll appear. But you know, no, you know. Setting your alarm to get up and watch Anthony Joshua fight, and that fight's a waste of time. Like it is an absolute waste mm. of time. Uh, I won't be watching it. Yeah. Be honest. I wouldn't I pay for it either. By the way, I wouldn't <laughs> pay for that either. <laughs> Not a chance in hell. Uh, yeah. What would you pay for, Steve? Oh, Newcastle <laughs> FA Cup third round win. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, that's that's got to be the priority for the new year, uh, certainly in January. I mean, I am looking forward to January because, look, we haven't got any worries about relegation. We haven't got any We haven't got any concerns about going down. Um, we, we, we know that Newcastle United will be in the Premier League uh, this time next year, and that's a lovely position to be in, and that's con- compared to where we were two years ago, Dave, that in itself is enough for me. Um, what will happen over the course of the next few years is that Newcastle will build, they will sign more players and eventually inevitably they will break the hoodoo and they will win a trophy and that will happen um, in a lot of Newcastle fans lifetimes who didn't expect to see it so that that in itself is great but short term goals beat beat Sunderland of course Um, we need to to win these two games uh, in the build up to Christmas if we can get six points on the board I mean that result last night Crystal Palace won Brighton won might be completely insignificant to our listeners but not the Newcastle fans that's a great result for mm. us because that keeps Brighton below us we've got a game it in does, hand yeah. now we got a win we got a win to, uh, we got a win on Saturday against Luton Town I know it's going to be a difficult place to go to I'm not taking it as a formality but for me personally that, that result last night was great because that gives Newcastle a chance if we can get three points it puts us on to 32, uh, 32 points that gives us a five-point gap between us and Brighton and eighth. Now, the reason that that's really good is because of our January fixtures. Um, and in our January games, as everybody knows, we've got to play Liverpool, we've got to play Manchester City, and we've got to play Aston Villa. And, you know, those are three pivotal games in our season. Should we lose two and win one, depending on what Brighton's results have been, we'll probably still be above Brighton. And in and, and the quest for European qualification, that's very, very important. So, you know, for me, that the, the Christmas periods are vital. Win those two games, hope that Man United slip up, hope Brighton slip up again, and suddenly there's a gap opened between us and eighth, and it doesn't give us a mountain to climb once we get through January. And then Newcastle's run-ins, you know, you, can't, you can never say it's easy, but we've got an easier set of fixtures. We'll have played Villa twice. We'll have played Liverpool mm. twice. We'll have played Man City twice, and we'll have, you know, we'll have, we'll have basically, you know, we're playing everybody below us after that. I think we'll only have Spurs to play again one more time. We'll have played everybody around us. Arsenal, I think, is, is early doors as well. So we've got an easy running compared to everybody else, and not having the distraction of the Champions League, not having the cup final to, to you know, to, to be concerned about the Carabao Cup final anyway, or a semi final. Newcastle can focus on the league. Where players will be coming back. You know, don't write Newcastle off for another Champions League assault towards the end of the season in that in that way. But FA Cups are focus. Newcastle want to win a trophy. If they can get if they can get past Sunderland and get an, a home draw, you've got a fancy Newcastle to progress in that competition. So it's exciting. But the the main exciting thing is we're not involved in a relegation battle, and all we wanted was a team that tried, and we've got that now. I tell you what's interesting for me as well. One of the important results midweek was seeing West Ham get flogged 5-1 by Liverpool because now West Ham take on Man United at home this weekend and they'll be looking for a big, big response from Moyes and his crew. Now, Man United obviously, uh, you know, they're they're just, you know, behind you by one point now. Man United not in, you know, in the greatest of form, obviously, and you've got an angry West Ham team who's now on Moyes' back on the team's back after a drubbing by Liverpool in the cup. Strange result, a strange. It was a very big it was strange, a strange result performance for me. So from West, it was a. It was. It was. And now and I mean, they weren't low on. You know, they weren't low on players either. You know, they had the no, team. No, they've out. got full squad. Full squad. Mm. Yeah, full squad to pick from. So, you know, you, you'll be expecting a big, big, you know, response if you're a West Ham fan, fan this weekend against Man United, and that might keep 
you know, Man United again beneath Newcastle if they should and will win against Luton Town. So let's talk about that now. Uh, Luton obviously uh, coming off an abandoned game last week with Bournemouth. Uh, they had their captain, Tom Lockyer, uh, suffer a collapse mid-game. It's the second time he's collapsed uh, in 12 months. He last yeah. collapsed on the um, on the promotion game last season against Coventry where he was the taken to hospital again. Yeah, the playoffs, thank you. And he, he collapsed again uh, last weekend against Bournemouth. He's now had a uh, defibrillator put in uh, and he's out of hospital. He's at home recovering. Uh, we're not, obviously, nobody's ruling anything out, but it's obviously going to be a long time out of the game, especially when you've collapsed twice in 12 months. So it's going to be a big game for Luton to get up. Oh, we're obviously now without the captain. Uh, after having a bit of an emotional scene, we saw Rob Edwards, the uh, the coach of Luton Town, walking around, clapping everyone at uh, the game last weekend with absolute tears running down his eyes. And they obviously have Newcastle coming to town, Newcastle looking to bounce back from that uh, midweek defeat to Chelsea late minute and uh, yeah seeing what they can uh, if they can continue a, uh, a good little run in the in the in the Premier League they've uh, won their last one uh, but they've lost the two prior to that but I'm expecting them to go to Luton and uh, and and have a good show uh, it'll be interesting to see whether Trippier plays or not for me Steve I'm not saying he mm. will or won't just be interesting to see if he gets the rest that he deserves or you know Hedy House said he's going to put his arm around him now and it's time for us to take care of him whether that means he's going to play or not or, or gets the weekend off. Who knows? He might get some time off with Chrissy to spend with his family. It'll be interesting to see. But apart from that, I'm expecting a full firing, uh, strong Newcastle United with a young Lewis Miley ready to take uh, Luton Town apart. Yeah, I mean, the Trippier situation is is a strange one. You know, none of us know what is going on in Kieran Trippier's personal life. We don't know whether it's, you know, whether you know. and, and the only reason that's in the public domain is because, you know, England's, press officer chose to put that out there that he you know he, he's returned home for due to personal reasons so that leads to speculation you know from everyone what is going on with Kieran Trippier it also ties in with a couple of games where his errors have led to goals and you know that's that's the reason that we're all talking about it but you know yeah. maybe the maybe the personal reason was was something which was sorted out on his return and and that's it and maybe people are reading too much into that um you know people forget you know Chelsea at home PSG away Manchester United at home Newcastle United's Kieran Trippier played in all three games and had a blinder in all three games so you know sometimes you know, you know, football players make errors and and they have bad games and they have maybe more than one bad game in a row. But Kieran split his up, didn't he? I mean, it's it's because there was so much focus on the Carabao Cup quarter final and the potential of Newcastle getting back to Wembley the second time in a row in the same competition that 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 in itself was you know seen as a a big failure and it was all Trippier's fault. But you know, it, it's one of those things and this is this is what happens in football, unfortunately. So look. I, I think I think Trippier'll be involved tomorrow. I don't think I don't think they'll I don't think they'll shield them. Obviously we're always at a disadvantage on the Northeast Foot Footy Brecky show on, on a Friday because yeah. Eddie does his press conference as we, we come off air. He does it deliberately, so, he yeah. says I you know, I, I don't want to give Steve Wraith the information <laughs> to put on air. So <laughs> he, he does it deliberately. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think as soon as, as soon as we get press passes, Dave, to go to these press conferences, right, I can fly over in the private jet. I can yep. just get the I can yep. get the bus up to where uh, Benton. Mm. Um, yep. You know, I think as soon as we get these press passes, that'll be a, 
that'll be Agreed. all over me. What a difference, um, eh? Flying over make, in the private oh, jet and bus from ben, uh, to Benton. Yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. it. Well, I've yeah. got to suffer because of the yeah. budget that'll be spent on Rye, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but from my point of view, yeah, I think Trippier will be involved in some way, shape, or form. Okay. It's not him. It's yeah. not him to be. It's not him to be sitting around doing nothing. Um, unless, yeah. unless whatever is you know, if if a personal issue is still ongoing and he needs that time off, of course, that's what's going to happen. But at the moment, we don't have the squad or the personnel for Kieran Trippier to take time off. Um, and he's, he's not going to want to. But I, I'm, I, I, that doesn't mean he's going to start the game tomorrow, but he may well be on the bench. Um, but I think he'll be involved in the squad. I can't see I can't see Kieran Trippier saying, I'll have a day off, boss. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at. It'll be assessed and we'll see what happens. But you can bet your bottom dollar, the press... Uh, Today we'll be asking be about Kieran Trippier. Yeah. Is he okay? Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. That's where we're that's where we're going to be. So mm. let's see what yeah. happens with that. But with regards to the trip down to, to Luton, it's um, it's an emotional game for obvious reasons yes. because yeah. of Lockyer. Yeah. Um, it's a bit charged, Luton, isn't it? It is highly charged. The Luton fans are going to want to you know they're going to want to show their love and emotion for one of their you know their favourite players who unfortunately not once but twice now has gone through the same the same medical situation. So let's hope that you know you know you know from our perspective we we pay our respect to supporters, but then you know we fully focus on the job ahead. It's not a nice pitch. It's not a nice pitch for Newcastle no. to go and play on this. No. It's it's an intimidating ground. Back in the back in the old days, and you can say the nineties are old days now. I think um, we used to go to St Mary's, and then we used to go to the Dell against Southampton. Horrible, horrible place, the Dell. Um, enclosed, uh, small pitch, fans on top of you, and you know a hard Press place. Press box was a pr- atrocious. Horrendous, yeah. and and, and for, yeah. for for me personally, I just think that's that's the kind of that's the kind of situation we're in here. But this isn't it isn't new. It's going to be new for supporters having to go through that door, that infamous door to get to the uh, yep. to get to get to the away end. But for the for the Around players, the back gardens. exactly for the players, this is akin <laughs> to going to Bournemouth. It's exactly the same. You know, it's a small ground, intimidating fans all against you. Um, only a small away allocation there, eleven hundred fans. But this is a you know. This is Luton Town, and this is Newcastle United, and Newcastle United should be able to put a team out, you know, capable of beating these guys. Lewis Miley is on a high at the moment. Um, you know, negotiations ongoing, as I mentioned yesterday, for uh, Lewis to sign yeah. a new contract as he comes up to his 18th birthday, which he'll be buzzing he's about. He's going to score this weekend. Um, and and trust, I th- trust me, he's going to score. I genuinely think that um, we've got more than our tank to, to beat these. Botman, of course, uh, back, um, you know, the one bright spot of getting knocked out by Chelsea, 45 minutes in his locker and um, looks every inch the, the world-class defender would be missing for, for a couple of months. And, you know, our forward line, um, much maligned because of the injuries, uh, but Callum Wilson, a uh, lovely finish the other night against Chelsea. Still looks as if he's carrying something, but came away unscathed, I believe, the other night. Um, Anthony Gordon, if he's missing, will be a big miss, but Alexander Isak should be fit tomorrow. Um, so Newcastle going down there with a couple of big guns. I- I'm confident of getting the result, but it's um, yeah, it's it, you know, it's been a, it's been a tough week for me. It, it, you know, defeats de- defeats don't hit me as hard as they used to back in the old days. You know, but but this you know this week's been a bit you know. Deflating to go out the Carabao Cup, and especially for me, yeah. I'd love to have. I'd love to have got Borough and, and played Borough in the semis. It would have been great for us, but it would have been great for Northeast football. Um, yeah. But I'm over that now. We'll move on. 
two two big games in a few days over Christmas. Six points in the bag. The world will look a lot rosier, you know, going into going into the new year. And of course, think, and of course, on the back of that, go on. You're going to be sensible, there, right? I'll let you be sensible. I was going to ask you. I do. Do you think that it's going to be? We're going to see anything different from Luton Town this weekend, considering the match abandonment last week and the loss of your captain. I mean, surely emotionally wise, it's going to be charged. But are we going to see? You know, you could obviously see one of two things, couldn't you? You could see a completely different galvanised Luton Town come out, or you could be one that's you know completely distraught because they've lost their captain again. I think the latter. I think the latter. Yeah. Um, you know, there'll be there will be a lot of talk of let's do this for the uh, for the skipper. Let's you know let's do this yeah. for Lockyer. Um, I'm sure that's what you'll be hearing and seeing publicly. But I think it'll be a huge miss on the pitch, and they'll notice that 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 he's not on the pitch. And I think it's going to have a negative effect. And uh, unfortunately for Newcastle, they're the first ones up against Luton Town after after such a horrible incident. And um, You've just got to be professional and take them apart, Steve. I mean, that's what you've got to do. You've got to you've got to take full advantage of them possibly not being not firing on all cylinders. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's, that's I mean, exactly the thirty key. goal difference. 30, 30 goals between them. Uh, Luton Town currently minus fifteen. Obviously, Newcastle plus fifteen. So thirty goals between them. Uh, obviously, you know. The, Newcastle with you know deprived green goals have, have shipped a few more, but Luton Town still struggling to fire. But more importantly, haven't kept a clean sheet under Kaminsky, obviously as well. So I'm expecting it to be a big you know a few goals in there. I don't think Luton are going to get the job done though, and uh, we'll get the predictions at the end of the show. But uh, it's going to be emotionally driven, that's for sure, for mm. Luton Town. Oh, 100%. It's interesting to see how they how they respond from that. And um, you know, it's not every day you, you you see your captain go through that, especially twice in 12 months. I mean, I, I liken it to the Christian Eriksen. Remember the Christian Eriksen yeah. episode, you know, saga when he's on international duty, sort of thing, and and how emotionally charged that was for a few weeks. Now to see your club captain do that in, uh, in, in twice in twelve twice months, so. it's got to do that's, something. That's the big so, question. Doing it a second time, and you know, that's the thing. It's just how scary you could have been as a player, knowing that you were there doing the same thing less than twelve months ago. Mm. You were seeing him collapse twice on the pitch. You would have thought the worst. You know, can seeing him just collapse on the ground again. So you've got to give credit to yeah, the well, medical that, staff uh, that day. Of course, you do. Oh, you know, they, they were absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Straight onto it. Straight onto it. Yeah. Fantastic. Honestly, to, to, and to be in that position gotten, uh, where someone's life is in your hands and yeah, in front of yeah. a, a huge football audience. Um, you know, well done to them. You know, well done to them. It's well, happened a bit in the past few years, hasn't it? Have, have yeah. we seen footballers collapsing on pitches? It's becoming a bit, you know, regularly. Uh, not regularly, but it's, we're just seeing it more and more. I haven't yeah, seen something. It's, the thing, it, it's not something I, I, I remember say, from what 10, 20 years ago. I'm no, just exactly. To think, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I, the thing for me as well is you're not seeing it in many other sports either. I can't think of anything in in Australia, sports wise, cricket, AFL, NRL, where you know players are collapsing on pitches, sort of thing. So. It's, I don't know why in football it seems to be becoming, you know, a, a bit something we, we keep seeing now. When I, I hate to say keep seeing, but we, it is something that's popping up once, you know, every three to four months. Obviously, Christian Eriksen springs to mind. We lost Ugo as well a few, mm. you know, a year or two ago. We lost, you know, there's been, you know, I, I think there was a, a Senegalese player that collapsed just recently as well, and he passed away on the pitch. So it is something that's becoming a little bit frightening for me, um, something a bit of a common occurrence, and I don't know why it's in football, lads. It's... Uh, yeah, for, for smarter men than me to figure that one out. Yeah, 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 Indeed. yeah. Uh, big reveal, boys. You know, we've got we've got the Christmas Day show coming up. Uh, so yes. anybody, 
Anybody fancies it? We're not deserting you to our, our turkey and, and, and fine wine and caviar, as Ted would say, that Roberts will be having. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be here Christmas Day at 7 till 9, yes, as usual, will. Christmas Day special. Uh, and thanks for doing that, guys. I mean, I appreciate you taking time out of your family for doing that. So uh, just wanted no. to give you a public a public thank you. A public thank no, you. thank you. And there'll we be a big reveal on the show, won't there? There'll be a, a huge reveal on the show. Let's, Ooh. let's just... Ryan Ry a thong. That's it, Ryan a thong. <laughs> yep, indeed. Uh, David uh, a man caney. Yeah. I think we'll cut it short there because I don't even want to think about what you're going to put me in Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've, we've got this coming. We've got this coming. But there's one thing that irks me, and that's VAR. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, a little snippet. A little Christmas banger. A little oh, Christmas banger. Yeah, the Northeast hey. Footy Brecky crew. Uh, our very own song. It's going to be number one. Number Oof. one at New Year. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Number one at New uh, Year. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Completely agree. Anyway, it is eight o'clock in the morning uh, over here. Uh, what is it with you? Seven p.m. Seven p.m. Uh, seven p.m. Yeah, just on seven p.m. I'm ready for bed. That's for sure. In, uh, we've in got to come back. We've got to talk about Barra. I'm very excited about the game this weekend. Potentially Ryland McGree coming back. So we've got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Talk about that European Super League as well. Uh, the return of that and a uh, lot more to talk about as well with uh, Girona FC, second in mm. Spain, uh, but can't qualify for Champions League even if they do. So a lot to talk about in the next hour of the North East Breaking Show with, uh, you know, Ryan the Thong and Steve in the Mankini. Hey. And me pressing the buttons. Wow. He's got a big orchestral piece, hasn't he? Doesn't he? Hey. Oh. Very good. Bigger than Ted's. <laughs> we'll be we'll be getting WhatsApps from Brazil and Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Three sleeps, boys. Can't believe it. Christmas oh, is wow, here. Wow, 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 And by the way, may I take this opportunity because we're not going to see you before Christmas Day starts over there, are we? Just to wish you a, a Merry Christmas, no. mate. A Merry Christmas. Thank you very much. Yes, I appreciate time, that. Right. No, it's going I'm sure to, the WhatsApp uh, group will be buzzing away though. Oh, yeah. By the time we have our Christmas show, it'll be my Christmas will be done and dusted, lads. Just as you're waking up, so it'll be. Uh, yeah, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Great day with family and, um, yeah, my first newborn's her first Christmas as well. So it should ah, be special. She's getting spoiled. Yeah, she is, mate. Don't you worry about that. She's got grandmas and grandparents from for days. So she's going to get all the stuff that she ever could ever want when you're seven weeks old. And that's just, you know, uh, bottles and dummies at the moment. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not, not that demanding at that age, mate. Not that demanding. No. Yeah. No, no. Well, she's demanding right now, though. I can hear her going wild in the background. Oh, but is she? Oh, she's pro- definitely demanding at the moment, but... Uh, yeah, no, we're, 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 we, uh, we're looking forward to it. And then, uh, yeah, straight into moving house as well, which is incredible. Wow. So, big, so when big you couple moving? of months or so. So we move January the 12th. January the 12th is our move date. So, uh, yeah, into our into our dream home. I just uh, on the other side of where I live in Canberra. So, yeah, no, looking forward to it. It's going yeah. to be a big month or so. So, yeah. yeah. Big tw- a big 2020. Spread our wings. Yeah, indeed. Oh, massive, mate. Indeed, massive. Indeed. Uh, Should we I start d- off with some club headlines? Just before we do, I want to give another plug to this because um, we, we didn't hear the start very cleanly. So here we go. There's one thing I love in this world, and it's my club, Middlesbrough. But there's one thing that irks me, and that's VAR. Merry Christmas, everybody. Nice. Nice. You've got to tune in on Christmas Day to hear the Northeast Footy Breakfast crew uh, and our, our obviously New Year number one, 
We hate VAR. So Christmas Day, seven till nine. Just want to give it a plug, mate. So are we ready to do Good the intro, old time? Good intro. It was. It was. I, I, I wonder whose voice that was. But there you go. Um, could kick it off with Queen. Do you reckon? I could. I reckon I could. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> Smoggies and proud Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. Happy Friday. We look towards the weekend with the hope that we might have a couple of names back. Michael Carrick is giving the Middlesbrough players who have been nursing niggles or battling injuries as long as possible before deciding on his team for Saturday's game against West Brom. And while it's not clear at this stage whether any of them who picked up Knox in the midweek cup win over Port Vale will feature, the head coach did offer an encouraging update on the GOAT, Riley McGree and Joshy Coburn, who could both potentially return to the squad. Coburn and McGree won't be ready to start against West Brom and the game might well come too soon for them to be involved at all, but it is a possibility, said Carrick, which is a promising development. McGree hasn't played for Borough since the win over Cardiff in early October because of a plantar fasciitis problem, while Coburn has only played 22 minutes since the Leicester win and has been absent from the squad for the last two games due to a groin issue. It was, however, good news for Senny Dieng, who will be out for days rather than anything longer after injuring his thigh at Swansea. Tom Glover will deputise if Saturday's game comes too soon for Senny Dieng as well. And there was also encouraging news on young Hayden Hackney, the diamond in the rough, who is not yet in contention for a return but is expected to be back within a fortnight, raising hopes he'll be ready for the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg against Chelsea. And finally, the Socceroos have announced their squad and it's sad news for Borough fans with both Riley McGree and Sammy Severa having been selected to take part in next month's Asian Cup. The uh, tournament will start a week after our first Carabao Cup game against Chelsea and Borough will be without the star Aussies for around a month depending on progression Australia makes. However, Tom Glover wasn't uh, included in the Socceroos squad so Borough's goalkeeping stocks have been a little bit of relief uh, as expecting Senny Dieng to be, if fit, called up for AFCON uh, representation there as well. So, your Borough headlines, we're hoping and nursing all the boys back. We've got West Brom this weekend, a big, big Christmas period. On to Chelsea in that first leg of the Carabao Cup. All promising things. Merry Christmas, Borough fans, and happy Friday. Magpies and proud. Mags News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. Well, the Magpies return to Premier League action tomorrow when they visit fir- uh, first visit the Kenilworth Road since February 1994. It's a good old-fashioned, non-televised 3 o'clock kickoff and all 1100 away section tickets have been sold uh, the attendance expected to be around about the 10,265 mark the first ever Premier League meeting with the Hatters uh, makes Luton the 50th different team that we faced in the competition and this will be the 60th ground that Newcastle fans will have visited in the Premier League Newcastle are going to wear their dark blue chain strip um, as always, Eddie Howe's press conference takes place just after this show finishes. Uh, so we are going to be awaiting news on Fabian Scher's injury, Joe Linton's, Alexander Izak, Emil Kraft and Anthony Gordon. Uh, already out though, ruled out of the game, Nick Pope, Elliot Anderson, Harvey Barnes, Matt Target, Joe Willock, Javier Manculo and Jacob Murphy. Uh, Sandro Tonali, of course, remains suspended until August 2024. Sven Botman, though, did make a return against uh, Chelsea 45 minutes. He played... Uh, midweek and came through unscathed so he's expected to get his first Premier League start uh, for a while and Jamal Lascelles and Sean Longstaff are one caution away from a Premier League ban they've got to avoid being booked against Luton or Forest, and then uh, they will be in the clear uh, 
Emotional day expected at Luton tomorrow as well. Tom Lockyer has now left hospital, which is great news after a cardiac arrest during Saturday's Premier League game away at Bournemouth. Uh, so it will be an emotionally charged atmosphere at Kenilworth Road tomorrow. Uh, we will see two former Newcastle players, probably in the stands, Tim Krull and Andros Townsend, both Luton Town representatives these days. Uh, what's the home form like? Well, Rob Edwards has seen his side beat Palace and draw with Wolves in Liverpool. But West Ham, Burnley, Spurs, Arsenal and Man City have all left with three points. Spurs are the only team to keep a clean sheet. The man in the middle tomorrow is Darren England. It's his first Newcastle game of the season. The last time he uh, refereed a Newcastle fixture was the 2-0 home victory over Leicester in the Carabao Cup last season. And on VAR, which is often switched off in Newcastle games, Peter Banks is the representative. That's your Newcastle United headlines on Friday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans, and welcome to this, your festive Friday. Sunderland are hosting Coventry at the Stadium of Light tomorrow with the game getting underway at 3pm. The Black Cats are looking for a victory against the Sky Blues for the first time since 2007 when Dwight York and Carlos Edwards got the goals in a 2-0 win. The sides played out a draw on Wearside on the first weekend of last season. The reverse fixture at Coventry earlier this season finished 0-0. Mark Robbins' side head for Wearside having lost only one of the last seven games. However, they've only won one in their last four, but picked up a good point out at Leeds United last time. Former Sunderland loanee Ellis Sims signed for Coventry in the summer and is expected to lead the line on Saturday. His only two goals so far this season came in a win at QPR back in September. Michael Beale will take charge of his first game as Sunderland head coach tomorrow, but the new boss admits he already cast half an eye on a certain other game that's looming in early January. He said, you could be Sunderland manager and never get to play a derby. How fortunate am I to have this opportunity? And how fortunate is this young group of players to be able to play in a derby? How fortunate are fans of both clubs that this game is in the eye line as well? The FA Cup is a competition that we all grew up loving. Maybe it's lost a bit in the last few years, but it certainly won't have lost anything on the 6th of January. When that game comes around, we've got a lot of football before that, but it's fair to say that it's already been mentioned a couple of times. I'm sure it has. And finally, Christian Speakman has dropped his biggest hint yet about Sunderland's plans regarding Jack Clark in the tran January transfer window. The winger attracted interest from Burnley in the summer after claiming 21 goal contributions in the championship last season, with Sunderland turning down multiple bids to ensure he would remain on Wearside. Sporting director Speakman had this to say. The football club has turned down numerous bids on numerous players over the last couple of years and we've sold one player, that was Ross Stewart, the striker who joined Southampton in a 10 million deal on deadline day in September. When players do really, really well and they attract the attention of the Premier League outfits, then naturally that is going to be a difficult moment. But our ownership has been rock solid around that and I don't think we'll be looking to trade any players when we have the opportunity to get promoted. And there are your Friday headlines. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North I'd just like to point out something, right? Uh, I think you've got every right now to have a go at Ted over the length of headlines. Because that, you. that was you. war and peace. I've told you, I've told you he's been getting longer and longer and he's still having a crack at me. I think he's having a crack at me to hide the fact 
that he's getting longer and longer. Mm. I swear, because it, 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 <laughs> he's under that duvet recording that for at least an hour, is our, is our resident Mackham, 100%. Has to be, has to be. I, I, I had time then to make to make half a Christmas cake then, uh, in, in preparation for Monday. So how do you make you half a Christmas I appreciate cake? It. Um, you only Christ- put batter in half half of the tin. Okay, but then still haven't you made a Christmas cake? Just a smaller one. Well, I guess I guess yeah, true. It's I like guess, a hole, yeah. isn't it? You it's, can't it's, have half a hole. It's like a semicircle. It's a hole. I guess you could. Indeed. Shall we talk so lads, That's- Well, just before you do that, I, I think because it's our, our our last live before Christmas, lads, uh, yes. it would be only right to get the final Christmas joke in. Oh, here oh. we go. This is going to start everyone's morning for their Friday, heading into the weekend. No pressure, Steve, but if this isn't good, it ruins Christmas. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I, no I'm pressure. now worried about this. I'm now worried about this. Look here. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Mary and Abby. Mary, Mary and, Abby. and Abby who? Merry Christmas and Abby New Year. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got half a laugh. I got uh, half a laugh from well you. Well done. No, nah, well done. Well done. It was well a clever done. play I'm on words, that, that one. It had to be, it had to be different, mate. I did. Oh, I, I still like Mondays. Mondays was great. Mm. Mondays was very good. I almost Mondays gave you one of these. Good. I almost gave you a... <laughs> oh, jeez. Daz, what the hell was that? Good morning. That was the wrong thing. <laughs> that, the wrong <laughs> thing? That, was your eight, that was your 817 oh, alarm. Oh, my goodness yes. me. Daz, what have you got up here? for work. Get up. Oh, my God. Do you know what? He's got one on here called Naughty Parts. I don't know what that is. Do you think we could? Let's not touch that one. Are you Let's sure? not touch that one. That seems that's for his after nine PM show. That one, I think. <laughs> Naughty parts. Love it. Love it. <laughs> oh, you dead. Now that's one of those buttons you've got to press. Here we go. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes our naughty parts tingle. All oh, right. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. That's exactly what it says. It was naughty yeah, parts. A bit disappointing. Yeah. That. Yeah, it was. Wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for something. I was, I was expecting like bow chicka bow wow or something like that. I was expecting like, like old... something like Kenny Everett. That's what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. Do you know he's got a Kenny Everett jingle? I don't know where oh, it is, he but he's really? got, find he's got it, find he it. Is, he is. We should rename him not so Radio Uncle. He should be Radio Jingle. That's where he should be. Oh, or Jingle Uncle. The man, he's a celebrity. He's a he celebrity. Is. He is. Everyone knows him. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Borough. Let's get back on the football. We've got Borough taking on West Brom at home yep. uh, for your uh, Christmas Eve kickoff. Uh, we are looking to get back to winning ways in the championship, getting back on track after winning last week at Swansea. We've now back at home taking a West Brom who are doing very well this season, albeit through financial struggles off the field. West Brom still performing on the field under Carlos Corberan. Middlesbrough have lost their last two league games against West Brom, thus losing more in a row between 2008 and 2010. West Brom are looking for their first league double over Middlesbrough since the 2009-2010 campaign under Roberto Di Matteo. And how's this? The two sides who have won the most points in the championship across 2023, so this year, are Middlesbrough with 69 and West Brom with 67. How's that? It's Middlesbrough's most league wins, 21 in a calendar year, since winning 22 in 2018, while the Baggies, who are currently on 19 league wins in 2023, last won 20-plus games in a year in 2019. So there you go. So two teams within the calendar year, over two seasons, obviously, uh, have won the most uh, points in the championship. So... You know, arguably two good coaches in Carlos Cobberan v Michael Carrick. The big talking points, obviously, for Middlesbrough is still those injuries. 
what type of squad is going to be available for Michael Carrick. He had his presser yesterday, lads, and he uh, he didn't give too much away. He said that the only thing he can kind of think about was Riley McGree, the GOAT, my best mate, my lover from another mother, and Joshy Coburn uh, could be back in around the squad uh, for the West Brom game. Although he said the game will come too soon for them to start uh, or even potentially get on the pitch, but he said they are back in around the squad, which is just good news. Uh, obviously, that led to Riley McGree getting caught up by the Socceroos as well. So I wish that plantar fasciitis had just been a little bit more niggly, but it is it is good to see him representing the country again <laughs> next month uh, and going away for that Asian Cup. Uh, he takes Sammy Silvera with him as well, lads, uh, the young Aussie who did very, very well, I thought, against Port Vale. I thought he's one of the stars, my man of the match as well. So looking for Sammy Silvera to potentially get a start this weekend against West Brom, I think he's just been that good uh, in form as well. So it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, uh, you can't take anything for granted in the championship, especially with our injuries. Uh, West Brom, very well coached. We saw, remember last season, Dave, when we went to West Brom after we had a very good run uh, and they did us 2-0 at home. And uh, we all were a bit shocked by that result. Oh, we didn't turn up that day, did we? We didn't turn up. No, we didn't. No, we got Colber on that day. You remember when they defended with, like, they parked the bus that day, I remember, and they uh, they defended very well and then moved it. And we got decayed. Uh, in in by two goals to him. So yeah, no, it's going to be a, a uh, an interesting affair for me. And just in terms of who is fit and available for the borough, because we just don't know. Michael Carrick is just so nonchalant. I speak and laugh with Craig Johns all the time through DMs. Craig Johns, the lead reporter for the Gazette, about always trying to ask about what in terms of injuries have we got? When have we got them coming back? And Michael Carrick just laughs him off and probably gives him a hug afterwards because he just gives him absolutely nothing other than that. Middlesbrough currently in thirteenth. West Brom's in fifth both coming off wins uh, in their previous matches. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for Borough, but we're at home. We're coming back off a win. We've had a big week against Port Vale. The only thing I see worrying, Dave, as I'll start with you, is obviously our injuries. Are you expecting a good performance against West Brom or are you thinking that, like Ted, the Mackham has predicted, that the injuries are just going to be a little bit too much for the Borough this weekend? No, I think we're going to see the same Borough as we saw against Swansea uh, and Port Vale. Uh, but this is a much stiffer test. This is a much... It's a tougher test. And, oh, look, uh, we were saying, uh, you know, the Port Vale game was a must-win game because it's Port Vale and what damage psychologically, yeah. psychologically could it do to us for, you know, losing yeah. out losing out in the semi-final place to a team that are from a lower league. So the, they came through that well. And um, this one, though, is, is, is another can't-lose game because West Brom are six points ahead of us in fifth place. It would put them yep. nine points ahead of us. Um, you've got the likes of Hull City who are in sixth place. They're playing Bristol City. Um, if they were to pick anything out of that, it just means the playoffs are much further out of our reach and nine points to catch up on West Brom, who are in a, a semi-decent run of form, uh, would be... Would, I'd be questioning now, is it too huge a gap uh, across half a season, particularly with us uh, suffering from injuries? So it's one of those games... Um, I think you'll see. I think you'll see a, a decent Borough uh, performance. Um, I don't think you're going to see the lacklusters that we that we were witnessing before the Swansea game. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a Borough win. I think it's going to be a real slog. It's going to be a hard fought battle. Yep. It's going to be two yep. teams that are going at it. Um, and you know I'm, I I I think Borough are going to sneak it. I do, but it's going to be really really tough. I'm worried about the Crooksy, uh, Morgan Rogers. Obviously, they both came off. Latte Lath as well came off at halftime against Port Vale. Izzy Jones, who replaced Latte Lath, only lasted 20 minutes. So, 
walking wounded at the moment, Steve. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who actually rocks up for the game against West Brom. But uh, a good test, nevertheless, of uh, for, for Middlesbrough to, to still show that, that we can stay in touch with the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the problem with this is it's West Brom who are sitting in fifth on 36 points. Um, if they win this game, they're nine points ahead of Borough. And, you know, for me, that's that's one of those ducks in the in, in, in you know in the top top six taken you, you're gonna have to go yeah. some guns to to overtake West Brom now and and it's leaving you depending on depending on other results of course um you know the whole result is is, is very important this weekend for, yeah. for for Middlesbrough as well um and you know if, if the worst happened and you got beat off West Brom and Holborn you're giving yourselves a mountain to climb for the playoffs that's the problem that you've got, um, it, and, and you know I think Hull are away to Bristol this weekend. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's uh, you know it, it it's a tough one, Barbara, and and you've got yourselves into the Carabao Cup final and rightly so, uh, semi final, sorry, and rightly well so. Well said. I'll, got, I'll take that. Yes. 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 Got yourselves, through. Steve's put us through. But, yep. See you, Chelsea. But, but, you've, but you've got an opportunity. You've got an opportunity to go on to a cup final there. But possibly at the detriment of your, your, you know, your promotion campaign this season, um, and that's 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 an issue. The injuries have been catastrophic for you, as they have for Newcastle, as we know in the Premier League. That's a big, you know, it it it's a huge game. This is a cup. This is your this is your cup final. Uh, tomorrow you need one, a win. Sure. You need a win, lads. Yep. You you need a win. And if you don't get a win tomorrow. I don't think I don't think you'll feature in the playoffs. And that's my concern. That is exactly my concern. Mm, is I know it's a marathon, not a sprint. I've said it on here before, but yeah, it's this yeah. is a, this is this a is a proverbial six pointer, lads. This is a proverbial yeah, yeah. six pointer. Well, it's that it's that point that fifth spot and sixth spot both sit there on thirty six points. Now, if Hull were to win exactly. and West Brom were to be Borough, that means we're nine points adrift of the playoffs. Full stop. That's yeah. all six. Yeah. That's all six positions almost stitched up as far as the borough's concerned because yet yeah, one of those may go on a slide but to expect two teams that are in form in fifth and sixth spot to go on a slide is 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 a it would it, it would be prime at time for that to happen for a team trying to catch up oh, yeah, big and time. i just think nine yeah. points adrift of fifth spot and sixth spot is a huge 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 ask yeah i agree no i completely agree it becomes a bit of a, a mountain that's for sure especially going to the second half of the season the worry for me, obviously, is that we're going to get these players back. You know what I mean? We're going to get these these really crucial players back. We can talk about Riley McGree, the GOAT, coming back. Joshy Coburn, who's been influential up front. Marcus Force. You know, the likes of Lewis O'Brien, potentially. Um, all these players that were just so crucial. Hayden Hackney as well. How can I forget about him? Um, who have been missing so many games of football. You want... Obviously, when they're on the pitch, we're a better squad with them there. Don't get me wrong. And I think we're going to be able to pick up points, especially with them... And you know, and a, and a January window as well. It's just about whether we can stay in touch so that the mountain isn't so great when they do come back and we have a fully foot uh, squad to, to pick from. And and at the moment, you're absolutely right. If we do lose to West Brom, it becomes a nine point gap. And that's, that's City not staying in touch. It, staying worse, in touch so. is three or four and points adrift. Exactly, and that's that's not exactly right. And you know, you look at the, even Sunderland in seventh. You know, if they go in and have the win and and go under Michael Beale. You know, they're in seventh, one, you know, three points outside of the playoff. You know, we've got a win on the weekend, just just tie with them. You know what I mean? So you don't expect everyone else to lose and you just keep winning. You know, every other team's going to keep performing and, and stay there or thereabouts. So you're absolutely right. This is the chance for Middlesbrough to claw those teams back down, um, move ourselves back up the table. But unfortunately, that we've just got 
potentially a squad that's just not going to be able to do it um, in terms of fitness, excuse me. Senny Dieng uh, potentially not playing this weekend as well. Senny Dieng came off against Swansea. It looks like Tom Glover will start. If I would predict anything, Senny Dieng came out of scans only a couple of days ago. Uh, we saw Tom Glover play the full 90 minutes against Port Vale. I would expect the same. You would expect Izzy Jones not to be able to be fit. Izzy Jones only featured for 20 minutes before having to be substituted at Port Vale. We saw Izzy Jones, our only fit striker up front, come off at halftime with a bad back injury. So whether Josh Coburn can feature, but he's obviously injured. So we could be potentially here with no fit strikers, lads. We saw Cal Kavanagh make his debut midweek. Uh, the young, you could know, be leading the line. Who's been, uh, he could be leading the line because we could be without Josh Coburn or, or Latte Lath. You know what I mean? Um, and you've obviously, you know, you're starting to look down and, you know, no Matt Crooks uh, who came off injured, no Morgan Rogers. You know, it just, it starts to really, really sting and you start to think, well, who actually is going to be on this pitch this weekend? So it'll be interesting. I'll be one to, it'll be eager when to see the team sheet an hour beforehand to see who actually comes out uh, for the borough on the weekend. That's going to be the big thing for me. And I think we're going to have a team that can, Carrick's obviously believes in it and can get the points, but you now West Brom are also not going to be, you know, any, um, any, you know, any sort of pushover, that's for sure. So I'm just Big hoping for the borough. Yeah, I'm just hoping that Carrick's doing his usual cards close to his chest. I uh, agree, and that and that, that there are some of those lads fit to play. I reckon yeah. there might be. I reckon there might be a sneaky because it was a little bit sort of. He was a little bit more happier in this press conference. If you have a look, I don't know if we've got any footage of it, but he was just a little bit, uh, a little bit more upbeat than normal. He was having a bit of a joke with the reporters as well. Uh, and I just think there might be a sneaky couple yeah. that might uh, might make an, a solid appearance. So I, I love the way they're fit enough to start, but it'll be interesting. I love the way he was he was being non-specific. Uh, he really yeah. was. I mean, he, uh, the really clip we've was. got here, he just wanted to talk about the runner games and the schedule and how busy it is for them. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much as normal for us. I think we've we've been playing that kind of routine of games. Um, or rhythm of games for, for what feels quite some time so it, it doesn't really change what we do in terms of work workload or preparation or anything like that um, going to the next game and trying to get the right results is the, is the biggest focus really yeah it's um, it's typical Michael Carrick giving absolutely nothing away but he was doing it with like you say with a smile on his face so yeah, I'm well, just he's hoping a he's, a got a, he's got an ace up his sleeve I hope so I hope so I hope he's got deep sleeves because we kind of need it this weekend we'd love to see maybe your surprise Riley McGree or even Hayden Hackney or something like that because that would lift the spirits for the Borough. But big weekend, like we said, we can't make it nine points, so we need Borough to at least get a win, if not a worse a draw. But uh, look, we're doing it when on our last legs in terms of squad fitness and uh, you know, it is what it is. So being on a busy Christmas period with as many players as we can get back as soon as possible. Mm. It is half past eight here on the Northeast Brecky Show. It's time for your sports headlines. When we come back, we're going to talk about the European Super League. We're going to wrap up uh, the Northeast fixtures this weekend. We're going to get the predictions, uh, and we're going to have a little bit of a little bit of a, a relaxed atmosphere as we move into <sighs> Christmas as our last show for the week, yeah. last show before Christmas Day. All right, so strap in, grab yourself a coffee on your way to work. And we'll be back after sports headlines. <laughs> From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red platoon and the cat. Actually, we should remove Ted, shouldn't we? Seeing as he's decided, you know, 
there, yeah. are, there are better things just to do on a morning. Ran away from us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's paying his it. bills like he's, he's doing a bit of graft, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, not wrong. Not yeah, wrong. Yes, we'll, let him off. we'll let him off. Yeah, we'll let him off. That's last half hour of our last day show of the week, last show before Christmas. Whoop. We'll be back on Christmas Day uh, doing you a special Northeast Brecky show Christmas Day. So make sure you tune in for that. There oh, are yes. going to be oh, yes. a lot of oh, what yes. the fact, a lot of gifts, the decider, a lot of gifts for your ears, the decider. Yep, yep. There'll be Secret interesting Santa. to see who we'll gets to wear that. Santa. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, good. Little, good. A little song, a little tune. Eh? The little big reveal in tune. The big eh? reveal. It could be yeah. uh, it, Steve. If anyone's wanted to hear Steve sing, tune in on Monday. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not <laughs> a bad voice, Steve. Not a bad Slight, voice. I'm slightly overshadowed, I think, by uh, the louder members of our community. <laughs> Who would you be pointing the finger at? I'm not sure. Yeah, Ted. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Ted. 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 Yeah. Ted. When he's not here, we Ted's always point the finger at Ted for everything. <laughs> I noticed that he, he he's he's definitely got more experience in 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 that world, doesn't he? When when you hear that when you hear it on Monday, just let let you you know just let your, your ears take you to the person who continues the words after some other people have stopped. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Should we, should he's uh, he's very talented. Is that Should we have a little? Here we go. Start. There's one thing I love in this world, and it's my club, Middlesbrough. But there's one thing that irks me, and that's VAR. Merry Christmas, everybody. Let's break it down. All right, that's all you're going to get. <laughs> you've got to join us 7 till 9 sure, Christmas Day morning. Make sure you're there. I mean, to do, I'm, not, I'm not being pedantic here and putting on a downer, lads, but I mean, like, for starters... Borough don't have VAR in the championship. <laughs> That's true. But we hate so it. How has Rye ended up with the opening line? Yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know. That I, should it's have been just, me. You know, I, it's the way you kick off. Did you do it? Did you do an opening line? I wasn't see, asked to. Did you do? Oh, okay. Well, see, I ad libbed. Yeah. I ad libbed. Yeah, I see that. Right. Just to get I, I more airtime. Oh. Yeah, to get more airtime. <laughs> the egos are climbing. Oh. The egos are climbing. Oh, nice, nice. Steve, Steve, I we, guess we give you more. The, we give I you more voice time. We give you more voice time in the song, mate. That's why Rai was at the top. Top. Oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dave. They cut me yes, off. Okay. They cut me off. Good. Yep. Good. Okay. I'm Lads, let's now. talk about European Super League. European Super League has reared its ugly head after a court of Very justice, ugly. European Court of Justice, has ruled banning clubs from joining it was unlawful. So they're back in a big way, and they're looking for clubs to join them, but. Everyone has said no. <laughs> We've yeah. seen the likes of Tottenham, Man- Manchester United, Manchester City, and Chelsea all come out overnight and say we will not be joining the European Super League. The only teams at the moment to semi-commit, and I say semi-commit because they haven't actually said, yes, we're in. It's just that they said they are anticipating and excited to see what they have to offer. And that was Real Madrid and Barcelona, who both two teams No surprise there, seeing as Florentino Perez is exactly. a big mover of this. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So interesting to see that those two clubs were the ones to semi-commit to it. But everyone else seems to have said no. Steve, I'll throw it to you first. European Super League is something that could be on the agenda for Newcastle in a few years, obviously, with your new ownership. The way you're heading as a club, as a financial sort of powerhouse of, of the league, something you could find yourself in. Uh, or, or being asked the question, if especially if these other clubs turn themselves uh, away from it continually, is it something that you see now that this law, you know, this this joining was considered unlawful? Is it something you see now can get off the ground, or is it still something that is generally sort of despised? Well, I mean, I've, I've got to say, I'm looking forward to the group stage of the Super League. I mean, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, Barcelona, <laughs> Barca, Real, uh, Real, Barca. 
And then the <laughs> Los Blanco against Blow Green. And, <laughs> and when both of them qualify for the final, we'll play it on a neutral ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I mean, um, here you go, Ted. This is for you. NUFC Matters proudly has been speaking about this alongside the Northeast Bracket Show for the last uh, six or seven weeks. And we've said that this has never really gone away, and it mm. hasn't, and it's still there, and it's it's now just a legal, a legal loophole which has now been found to be illegal, and you know it's now all being talked about again. I don't think it'll ever go away. Um, I, you know, do I think anyone will join it? I'm not sure at all. Maybe there will be movement movers and shakers who will say that it will happen, but I can't see it going ahead. I genuinely do not think we will see. Um, teams from the Premier League league because you know you know it's like everything in life not everything on the other side of the the street is is, is the answer the grass isn't always greener right. and you could end up with a, a 30 point deduction in the Premier League and you know uh, you know it turns out that it's a it's, it's a big mistake and you know you, you're just never going to recover from something like that so it's I, I don't think it's going to happen uh, yeah th- this was always going to happen there was always going to be somebody say look you know, we need to fight this. This is where we're going, but I can't see. I can't see it happening in 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 the, in the idea that they're, that they're trying to present now. I don't think it'll happen in that particular format. Will there be some kind of big tournament or bigger tournament? I mean, Manchester City are away in a tournament. None of us even knew about yeah, the, really, um, apart from Manchester it, no. City. I didn't know this was yep. going on. I didn't know Manchester City were going to be leaving for a week to Saudi Arabia no. and go and play in some big competition. Um, it hasn't had a great deal of publicity. Um, nope. But Brentford yeah, I mean, off. These kind of things, these kind of things are, you know, seem to be happening more and more. So, will there be some kind of competition where, you know, they end up, you know, playing each other uh, for more money? Yes, of course, I think that will happen. But will it be the European Super League? Uh, no, I don't think so. And fans won't, fans won't support that. Fans won't get behind it. Um, you know, you probably get some fans who, who essentially all went. You know, you, you, you're always going to get some fans who always will want to go to every game. But I just can't see. I just can't see that happening, mm. lads. It's interesting, Steve uh, and Dave, to, to to see that obviously they've asked for every big club uh, in the world to, to you know to, to consider joining the European Super League, and Middlesbrough haven't had to say no yet. So I'm guessing that'll yeah. come out today. Yeah, uh, being one of the powerhouses of, of the world, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, so it, it's interesting because you know Middlesbrough, you would think would be number one on that on that on that sheet. So yeah, interesting, but uh, it'll be. Uh, it, it's just for me, it just shows that there is sort of. There's always sort of the money in the game, isn't there, lads? It, 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 and money talked. And unfortunately, it's never really going to go away. And if, I guess if clubs or someone, some sort of president or, or some sort of financial group can see any sort of money sort of gain within football, then they're going to approach it, aren't they? We've seen it with Todd Bowley. We've seen it with more American investors coming across and, and investing in Premier League teams. We're seeing it with, you know, international people coming in. we got Ratcliffe, obviously, at the moment, dealing with Man United. So... Money talks, you know, and and obviously the you know the European Super League is backed by a you know a big financial sum because you know the, that's what they're saying is that they're going to be able to offer clubs, you know, the chance to play the best clubs in the world for, for large prize pools. So I don't know, I don't know if it's something that you know isn't right right now, but I'm just not sure it'll ever go away. No, so it won't. money's a, you, money's think, always been the focus. Money uh, uh, yeah. when I. I was involved in something similar when I was um, when I was working for a, a big media network out in Asia. I mean, we I, it, it, part of my job was was business development as far as sport was concerned, and I I proposed to the big football clubs around the world um, 
I've got to be careful and not mention any names here. Um, yeah. But I, I made several calls to, to the big football clubs because we came up with an idea of having a worldwide summer competition. So this would be, this was a, a pre-season um, summer competition uh, which involved the, the biggest football clubs. So yeah, I did speak to Inter Milan, I did speak to Arsenal, I did speak to you know all the clubs you'd expect to to be spoken to. Uh, and the idea and the idea was Middlesbrough. And the idea was we were going to have semi-finals in two parts of the world: one in North America, South America, and they would rotate every year. We'd have another one in in Northern Asia and, and Southern Asia, and they would rotate every year. And then the winners of both when they got through the semi-finals, would play a one-off game at Wembley. And this was all part of a summer pre-season tournament with the biggest clubs. And, of course, without exception, everybody said yes. Everybody said yes. Mm. And this is what can be. This is what turned into the Guinness-sponsored... Is it what's, what's it called down in America every summer? The International Challenge or something? Uh, where you do see something the big like names that, going yeah. across to, to play yeah, these pre-season like friendlies. So yeah, CAA were our partners in this. And, um, and they continued to run with it, even though it didn't run on our side. So I've seen it. As soon as you knock on a football club's door, if, obviously if you're, you're, you're a viable option for them and you've got credibility in the world and they know you've got money behind you, of course they're going to be interested. And, and what the mm. European Super League now is... And, and, and we did get UEFA uh, asking us about this because obviously what we were doing got, you know, the, the words started spreading and UEFA are like, mm, can we have a conversation about this? Um, yeah. Not that we were going to, we were not creating a Super League. We were not creating anything that would, um, that would conflict with what the regular European seasons were doing. This was all to do with the summer tournament out, out of season. Um, so, yeah, that interest's always going to be there. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all that the European Super League's growing legs uh, in terms of Barca and Real Madrid, who, you know, they've dominated media rights in Spain. They were the guys who were against collective uh, bargaining in terms of media rights in Spain because they wanted their unfair share in the eyes of others. They wanted their fair share of media rights in, the, in their eyes because they were the Celtic Rangers of Spain. That's how they see it. Uh, and, you know, Scotland themselves have to do a collective sell because Celtic and Rangers would walk away with the vast majority of meteorite money if, if they did it individually. So um, it doesn't surprise me. I did read something yesterday, which was a fantastic idea, which is, OK, if this goes ahead, let them go ahead. But do not, UEFA should not take into account any revenues generated by these clubs who are participating in terms of financial fair play. So the costs yeah. of these yeah. clubs will go yeah. up, but do not consider any of the revenue that's generated. So therefore, they're at a disadvantage when it comes to UEFA competition and domestic competition. And I think that's got—I think—I I think that's got something about it. That that suggestion. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. I, I mean, this European Super League would would do away with financial fair play if it, if it ever came to fruition, and and you know it would just you know that would just peter into the, in, you know into the books of history. But um, but yeah, I agree with you, Dave. I, I do agree with what you're saying there. I, I, it's um, it's such a it's such a strange situation that we find ourselves in, in in the world football at the minute, though. You know, um, the top six are no longer the the, the protected top top six in the Premier League anymore. Um, more and more mm. uh, teams mm. now are coming to the forefront. Brighton, Aston Villa, Newcastle, of course. Um, you know, Tottenham have always been there or thereabouts, but you know they have joined the likes of 
Arsenal and Manchester United and Liverpool and Manchester City and you know it, it's it, it's becoming more of a level playing field and that's yeah. probably the one thing that maybe the the big the, the the so-called big six who've had it so good in this country for so long would see appealing to a Super League you know that they would be that they're being recognised for being more you know more of a special club and, and that might appeal mm. to them but I think the penalties will outweigh the the benefits of going oh. into that competition at the moment anyway. make, make no mistake you, about it the, the whole idea of the European Super League is the jealousy in continental Europe of the Premier League. That's yes. exactly yeah. why yeah. the European Super League is is being touted around Europe and, and initially got a lot of support in Europe. And it was because the Premier League is the most successful marketed football league in the world. The revenues the Premier mm. League generate, what are they banging on now? About 10 billion or something over these meteorite deals? Yeah. When you take in UK yeah, yeah. revenue and then non-UK revenue for meteorites and the commercialisation of the property, the others can't get anywhere near it. And they see the European Super League as being able to break that stranglehold that the Premier League has on world football from a club perspective. That's the only reason why it's happening. Yeah. Can I pose a question to you both, though? And now we talk about, obviously, the top six being the focus here. Imagine now, though, right now, if this European Super League went to the club like Everton. Everton have just been docked 10 points. They're obviously at war with the Premier League. We see their fans protesting and stuff like that. Now, obviously, Everton wouldn't, you know, aren't the sort of club that the European Super League's after. But still a big club in their own right. And I'd say if you would approach them right now with a bucket of cash, obviously Everton's strapped for cash, they're obviously just being deducted, deducted 10 points from the Premier League, probably at war with them at the moment. Would a club like Everton or something like that, could they be a potential sort of target for the European Super League? If the top six continue to say no, could it be the middle six? I mean, surely, you know, there is 20 clubs in the Premier League. Forget the top six. You know, surely there's some other clubs in there that might... Be enticed by this by this proposition. Yeah, but it's 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 down to TV rights and stuff. And is is watching a team like Everton as appealing as watching a team like Man City? I, I genuinely don't mm. think a team like Everton would get an invite into the European Super League. Um, you know, this will all come down to viewing figures and you know. And players, players you want to watch. I mean, you know, I yeah. doubt, you know, people will want to watch somebody like Haaland or uh, they'll want to watch somebody like Kevin De Bruyne. They won't really want to watch, um, you know, uh, Calvert Lewin, will they? You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they're, they're not going to be mouth watering over the fact of looking at Jordan no. Pickford in goal. I'm, I'm afraid no. it's 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 just it, it doesn't work like that. I think it's 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 it's. It's like that, you know. The big guns are looking after themselves. It's you know, mm -hmm. I, I, it's a poor Everton's a poor relation in in respect to those other teams. Um, they may well be a big club who you know have not dipped out the Premier League, but you know they're only a big they're only a big club in 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 Liverpool. They're not a big club to to, to worldwide football, and there's no way in the world that you know Everton are going to uh, take the place of a Manchester United or, or a Manchester City. Not not no, not, I not can, in a million years. I agree. But they could they could get the financial backing from the European Super League. They could be paid a, a fifty sum for joining and breaking away from the Premier League, and then use that money to bring in some exciting players, much like you've seen in well, Saudi. Not, 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 like at the not at the moment. Not at the moment because you're, you're entering this kind of you're entering this kind of bizarre world at the minute. Financial fair play is still very much a thing, and Everton have just been punished mm. for it. And Everton are in a yeah. right mess. Everton are in huge debt. They've got a they've got a ground they can't finish. Um, they're, they're, they're hoping for a takeover, which potentially might not come now. Um, and they're in a mess, mate. So so I think maybe yeah. if you'd picked a different team, you know, if you'd said Newcastle, because Newcastle haven't performed, 
um, yeah. on the European stage for 20 odd years until this season um, Newcastle potentially could get an, an offer um, yeah. Newcastle are you know sustainable they're financially sustainable but again like uh, you know it, would the Saudis want to do that? Would you know the Saudis mm-hmm. would the and Saudis look, fought the Saudis fought hard to get in the Premier League? Yeah, they would. They, yeah. they I mean, they would lose. They would lose, lose so much support and credibility uh, of of what yeah. support they have at the moment if they if yeah. they broke away from the Premier League, and they were the only ones to break away from the Premier League and 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 to do this. Um, I just don't see any English clubs participating in a European Super League. And let's not forget, fellas, this ruling is only a court ruling to say the stranglehold on the game that UEFA and FIFA enjoy are illegal. So therefore you can have another league. What it doesn't say is what happens if you participate in a breakaway league because FIFA and UEFA being a a member of FIFA um, as a confederation, um, there are six confederations around the world. You've got AFC, Rye, looking after Australia at the moment. Yep. You know, it's no yep. different. They can still impose sanctions on clubs and their participation in their own competitions if those clubs yep. and players participate in another, even though now it will be a legal Super League. So yep. this is just the start of it. This is just saying, yeah, this league can mm-hmm. happen. It's not saying it will happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. just. It's just. It's just uh, the thing for me. I and I get where you both are coming from, and it's a very good point. And maybe Everton was the wrong sort of, you know, evidence to bring to the table. I just think that there are more clubs than just the top six, and I don't think. I think eventually you're going to see a club that might be more interested in it uh, than just the flat out no. So obviously we see Barcelona, Real Madrid considering it. You know, if you get some of those clubs involved, you might then see a couple follow suit. So I just don't know. It'll be interesting to see and one to watch, but. Something's never going to go away. Yeah, I don't think think there's any fear at the moment. Look, I worked for FIFA for two and a half years up until the start of this year. Um, And when the European Super League came out, of course, I I, I chatted to colleagues and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And there was... When you started seeing big clubs, including Premier League clubs, saying, yeah, we'd be up for that, there was a threat. I think now, because of the way particularly English football turned against the idea, due to fan pressure in the main... Let's let's is, let's yeah. make no bones about it. It was fan no. pressure in England that made the clubs rethink about their decisions for supporting the European Super 100%. League. Hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And I don't think now, even with this court ruling, there'd be anybody in the hallowed um, marbled halls of FIFA or UEFA in neon or wherever it is be concerned about this now. I don't think there will be. Because can I ask you a yeah. question, guys? Do you genuinely see any English football teams from the Premier League participating in a European Super League now? No. Who's going to no, break no, away and do no, it? No, no, no. Because no. everyone, it's fans. It's that cry for fans before finance, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? So, and if the fans, if your fans aren't on board, then you've lost. You know, you've lost everything, haven't you? Fans are what you know help pay and generate the club. So, guys, you know, I, I don't think anyone's really to do it. Guys, sure. present, is it what present a, time? What a vision! What a vision has oh. just just descended upon oh. me. Oh. Together, oh. is it Santa? Replete in Christmas jumper. It's Santa. Has he got a sweater on? 
Yeah, Christmas jumper. It's Christmas time, isn't it? Christmas jumper like. Hey, morning, Daz. Morning, Daz. He came up. He came up with a bit of a northeast accent there. Did you know this? Did you detect <laughs> yeah, Christmas did, jumper like? He? he did the. He did the Ted January or whatever it was on the you know, he's been, he's January. I don't uh, know. Ted what has was. sent us a message, by the way. I don't know if you checked the WhatsApp oh, group that we don't talk I about, guys. No. Have a look no, at it. No. Have a look at it. You've got to no, look at it before no. we go off air. I've enjoyed uh, this morning. Uh, he and Steve talk about uh, the Super League. Uh, it's almost like he's going to go into Super Computer, but he just he's going to hold back. Super League. Here you go, mate. Can I just Super say? League, I did Super tell computer. the boys. I did tell the boys I was going to give you oh, Merry Christmas. This? There you go. Oh. It's um, it's it's to assist your creativity. Right. Can I open it now? Or? Yeah, please do. Yeah, please yeah. do. Well, oh, I mean, we could do it on Christmas Day, but there you go. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Don't forget, get Christmas, anything, Day, by Christmas the way. Day, breakfast show. Sorry, guys, my arms aren't long enough to reach, you know, Tyneside and Ridiculous. Australia. Sorry. That's okay. There we go. Oh, hey, look at this. 250 dad jokes that will make you cringe. Oh, oh brilliant. There you go. Brilliant. You what don't know how hard hey. it was for me to find that present yeah, for you, mate. That is, thank you very much. <laughs> I fell over it in a bookstore. There you go. Thank you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll be using those. Yep. Get in. Yep. Yes. Love it. Just Love like Steve and his Christmas today, jokes. Does? Uh, well, Already for Christmas than does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're doing a Christmas show as well. We're following you on Monday. Uh, we've Excellent. got a very special. Well, you're going to be uh, on the. You're going to be on the breakfast. You're going to be on the Christmas breakfast show as well, mate. Uh, oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, coming in, uh, yeah, both Daz and Dave. Yeah, oh. um, that'll be. How uh, lucky are we? Yeah, that'll be a first. Uh, today um, we've got the usual Christmas name that theme, so yes. our, it's theme related I, of Christmas. Can I just make a protest? Yesterday it was ridiculous. <laughs> It was so hard. <laughs> it really wasn't. Uh, it was like, <laughs> basically, poor producer Danny, he'd gone to the top ten Christmas film list, um, picked out five of them, uh, and then everyone was complaining that it was too hard. Um, so we've got another one of those today. Um, I won't be listening. Dave won't be playing. And uh, we've got a special, special Christmas chat degree today, all about Christmas songs. Who? Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, and yeah, the usual nonsense, really. Uh, yeah, excellent. Um, we're gonna have a look well, at lads, the we'll Christmas be, TV and all that stuff. Let's quickly fly around. Let's get your predictions before we hand over to the great Daz, the celebrity. Uh, Steve, <laughs> I'll start with you. Let's get all three results from you that you're predicting. Starting off with Newcastle, then give me the Borough and Sunderland result, please. Okay, I'm gonna go for a Newcastle two 0 win. I'm gonna go for I can't see Middlesbrough losing this one. I'm gonna go for a Middlesbrough uh, one nil win Ooh. and I'm going to go for a Sunderland 1-1 draw Ooh. yes yes Davey very similar very similar I'm going to go for a Newcastle 2-0 win I'm going to go for a Borough 1-0 win but I'm going to give Beal his chance I'm going to say Sunderland Ooh. will edge it 2-1 and Daz um, yeah I'm going uh, Borough 2-0 um, I think the Mackhams are going to uh, um, yeah, I, I think there'll be a bit of a bounce um, but I think it'll be 1-0 um, and the Mags I think it'll be too strong I think it'll be 3-0 Excellent well my predictions are I've got Newcastle one. beating I've be, got 
Newcastle being Luton 3-0 at, uh, at away there. Yeah. I think Luton will be emotionally charged, but I think Newcastle will still be too good. Middlesbrough are going to win 3-0 uh, because they're going to be looking at Riley McGree, the goat on the bench, and they're all going to be like, it's just like kryptonite for, for everyone else because they're just going to be like, who is this aura on the bench? So Middlesbrough to win 3-0. And I'm thinking the Sunderland commentary one, I think there's going to be a Bill Factor commentary lover draw. I'm going to go for a one old draw there and sit on the fence, but I'm really hoping that the Mackhams absolutely stuff them because commentary, I'm off ya. Uh, we got predictions here from the mighty Ted the Mackham as well. Ooh. He said that Beal Appeal will see the Mackhams be the real deal. Well done there, Ted. Well written there, you big rhymer. He's going 3-0 to Sunderland. He's saying this one's, yeah, he was obviously had a few too many beers. Borrow to lose at home. Oh, just one get him off. Get him off. He can't West come back Brom on. West <laughs> team. Those latest injuries, I think, will have taken their toll. So, obviously, he was drunk there. He didn't even put a full stop. And then he also got back into Steve's good books by saying there's a 3-1 win there for the Geordies, even with the injuries. Too much quality for Luton, but won't be able to keep a clean sheet. So, that is your predictions from Ted the Mackham as well. Cracking. So, there you go, lads, and we're done. End of the week. Happy Friday. Merry Christmas. Back on Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? Yes, have a good one, lads. Christmas is here. Have a lovely Christmas. Good luck to all the Northeast teams. Good luck to all the Northeast teams this weekend. Daz, have a fantastic show. Have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy the football. We will see you Monday for our special Northeast Brekkie football show with all four of us in the studio. Five of us, Daz and Dave. Can you believe it? Two button pushers uh, for a special (laughs) Christmas show. And then we will not be here Boxing Day. We'll be back on Wednesday next week, live, prime, ready to go in between New Year's and Christmas, just for your listening ears. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Merry Christmas. See you, bye. Merry Christmas. Take care, guys. All the best.